0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode thirty-three of NFL Unwrap. This is Perry Aston joined by Corbin Weinerman and Christian McGowan. What's going on, guys?
1: Hey, how y'all doing? Hey guys, thanks for tuning in.
0: Got a big episode for you today. Big network news. We've switched our podcast over to Anchor. That's our new host site. We're still on the Apple Podcast app. For now, we're also on Spotify. Tons of new platforms to come throughout the week. So we'll keep you updated when it gets on new ones. We'll let you know what's up with that. For now, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at NFL Unwrap. You could follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Follow Corbin on Twitter at Corbin Unwrapped. And follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. You can follow our network page at Unwrapped Sports. Go to our website at UnwrappedSports.com. Go check out all of our articles on there. All of our Unwrapped Partner podcasts. Got tons of amazing content coming out constantly from rather one of us. On the network side... Or for the partner side, we're always putting out stuff 24-7. It's awesome. So shout out to our contributors. who have been doing a fantastic job. Thank you to our sponsor for our network at Yamble Sports. Go download their app. Apple or Android, start making some money. For now, let's talk some NFL guys. Very excited to jump right into some of the signings. Got some NFL news to cover as well. I'm feeling good, just got back from Newport Beach. It's my birthday coming up, so I'm excited. I'm feeling loose, you can hear it in my voice today. So I got a little sun, you can see it in my face.
1: We can see it, they can't.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys can't, but you guys will soon because we are planning to add video as well. A lot of things coming from the network, so we're extremely excited at unwrap Sports. Let's start with the first signing for NFL. The Seahawks have signed former Lions pass rusher Ziggy Onsa to a one-year deal. What do you guys think about this signing? Because it was pretty late in the offseason. He's been floating around because I know you mentioned before the podcast Christian Injury. You can elaborate on that. He's kind of been spotty, but a guy that had a lot of hype in Detroit. So what do you think about Seahawks landing him this late? So Ziggy
2: was pretty good at a BYU. People thought that he was going to be the next great pass rusher. I know that he was selected very high. I want to say in the top 10. But the last couple of years, he's tapered off. He also has a shoulder injury that will sideline him at least the first couple weeks of the season. Fits a need after they traded Clark to the Kansas City Chiefs pass rusher that they desperately needed he should develop once he is healthy i know it's on a one year deal so no real risk for the seahawks but i like it i think that if he's healthy he has an actual good season maybe he will receive that franchise tag that he did want from the lions and like i said the seahawks lose nothing it's something that they needed after trading clark
0: yeah like you said with frank clark there's a void there there's the potential that he can fill some of it if not all of it let's say he blows up has a great year that's a low risk signing that you brought in that was a pleasant surprise and has lived up to some of his hype. If not, it's a one-year signing and there's other guys on that defense that can step up.
1: Money that Ziggy Ansa got, one-year, $9 million deal, $6 million of it guaranteed, relatively low risk with high reward to it. And Ziggy Ansah, he's someone who probably in that same category with Frank Clark is someone who's a very good pass rusher, but not a great pass rusher, but smart signing, especially losing Frank Clark, like you mentioned, but He can come in, fill that same void. This is a team that I know Cam Chancellor had to retire, which we're going to get to that. They lost Doug Baldwin. We're going to get to that, too, both to retirement from injuries. But this is still a team that is going to be battling for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And like we just kind of foreshadowed, let's talk about that next point with the Seahawks. So a lot of Seahawks news to open up with that Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin both failed physical designations and now are both about to retire, if not already making it official. It's a pretty sad ending to some great careers. Amazing time in Seattle. They had that championship run. These two guys are two of the best Seahawks of all time. You have to give them that credit because they had those kind of careers in Seattle. It's sad to see two of
2: the great Seahawks go down in the end of their career to a failed physical. I know that Cam Chancellor has been out for a while since mid-2017. He suffered that neck injury that he still hasn't come back from. And Doug Baldwin retired shortly after he was released from the physical. Doesn't look good for the two of them ever coming back, but they did do a good send-off on their Twitter page. Thank them for the time that they had. Someone who had Doug Baldwin on their fantasy team last year, you know, was praying that he had
0: eclipsed 10 PPR fantasy points. When he was in the lineup, It wasn't even like he really was there last year. It was kind of just a shell of his former self. So it's sad that that's kind of how he ran into the sunset. But two Seahawks that should go into the team hall of fame for sure.
2: Yeah. I don't know about the actual hall of fame, but no, this, no. the Seahawk hall of fame yeah. for sure, because they were very integral in that championship team. I know Cam Chancellor was like the boom of the legion of boom and Doug Baldwin was the only reliable target that Russell Wilson has had over the past couple of years. Yeah. So. I mean,
0: Doug Baldwin was undrafted. He was a pro bowler. Like that was a guy that played for the same team his entire career. So you got to give it up to him. A guy that stuck around and really just performed from the beginning. So you can tell that Russell Wilson trusted him. It was one of the most productive receivers that we've seen in Seattle in a while. A team that not really had too many productive wide receivers, 100% yeah, honest.
1: Offensive and players in general. Doug Baldwin, yes, he was a good player for the more Seahawks. More of a good story,
0: though, because he was undrafted, and like more of the fact that you don't expect that from a yeah,
1: guy. He played well for the Seahawks. I kind of would question if he should be in the Seahawks Hall of Fame. I think Cam Chancellor definitely should. Look, Doug Baldwin, he played eight years in Seattle. He had almost 500 receptions, 493. He only eclipsed 1,000 yards receiving twice. You can look at that two ways because there were no other offensive weapons around him. Defenses were able to focus more on him and shut him down, but at the same point, there aren't other offensive weapons around him so his production should be higher too because he's getting a larger volume cam chancellor though i'm a packers owner i know we've made it obvious and clear on this show haven't we i'm an owner minority owner (laughs) owner nonetheless look the packers went up against the seahawks pretty much every year in the playoffs when the seahawks were in their prime that defense was so scary and cam chancellor was the head of that The defense. Legion of Boom.
0: Chancellor and Richard Sherman were the two heartbeats. Yes, of-
1: the boom in the Legion of Boom comes from Cam. He was a linebacker playing safety. Yep. He absolutely should be in the Seahawks Hall of Fame. and Maybe even end up in the actual NFL Hall of Fame. Richard Sherman is definitely going into the NFL Hall of Fame. Cam Chancellor, maybe. Earl Thomas probably is going into the Hall of Fame as well. Three of your four starting defensive backs in the Hall of Fame. And they were all in their prime at the same time when they were winning what... Should have been multiple championships if not for uh, a Russell Lewis yeah, play towards the end of the Super Bowl.
2: I think we all agree that it's just sad that it came to a failed physical because yeah. if they got the physical, it seems like they were making some attempt to come back and play. Yeah. Went through the physical, so obviously it wasn't on their terms, it was on the team's terms, which is sad, but sometimes it takes the doctor to tell you that your time is up. If a team won't clear you to play, that's a sign that your any team is gonna clear you to yeah, play. Yeah, your, your body is in yeah. a good place to but play. But
1: that's one more thing on the note of the doctor doctor so I know that the Seahawks doctors in the past and I believe it's still the same way is that they're one of the more lenient staffs in the NFL when it comes to clearing players from injuries to play in the NFL again the Packers training staff for as long as I can remember has been one of the most strict where if there's any questions they will not clear someone Jermichael Finley former Packers tight end he had a neck injury he went to Seattle and I believe they ended up clearing him and he just ended up not making the roster so if they're not clearing Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin, Mm -hmm. I would expect no No other team. Baldwin already retired, but I'd expect no team would clear Cam Chancellor.
0: Right, like you said, a sad ending to two great careers in Seattle. We're gonna move on to our next topic. Xavier Howard, cornerback for the Miami Dolphins, gets signed to a record five-year deal, seventy-six point five million dollar extension that includes forty-six million dollar guaranteed. And you got to remember. With the NFL, with guaranteed money, that's the issue. The
1: real contract is. It's not the total, it's the guaranteed.
0: $46 million guaranteed, making him the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. And we were talking about it before the podcast. We know he's a very good corner, but I don't think the three of us realize how good of a year he had last year and where he is right now because of how the Dolphins played last year. I guess you can consider it the team's fault that they weren't really as watched as a lot of other teams were last year. Year. they were watched like a bad nfl team as right. watched, which is and, not by many so exactly and he of course his year is overshadowed by the miami disappointment but we look at his stats he's got seven interceptions last year which just jumps off the page for me after following that up 2017 four interceptions so he's been in the league for three years going from zero to four to seven everything's gone up from year to year this is a guy that is really proving himself in the nfl and when you have a guy that's up and coming like that for example Marcus Peters you see how he was playing and he was so young and that's why the Chiefs hand was forced because at that point you had to make a decision on a guy that is that talented and is still entering their prime you can't say that a guy in his third year is even in his prime yet he's still entering his prime so imagine how good Xavier Howard can be so the Dolphins have to block him down or else another team is gonna reap the benefits kind of like Peters and the Rams even though Peters didn't look like the same cornerback with the Rams he looked more like a number two guy with the Rams which is fine when you're on a defense that's that loaded for the Dolphins you're not gonna let a team reap the benefits you're gonna lock your guy down.
2: so to comment on the Marcus Peters stuff real quick he struggled a little bit in Wade Phillips's defense most of the reason why he was getting burned was to be because he just wasn't good at what they're asking from him. I imagine next year, as someone of his talent, will figure out how to play. Also with Marcus Peters, I know in Kansas City, he was their
1: number one cornerback, and he was a very good playmaker for them. When he went to the Rams, he started out as the number two cornerback for the Rams, and he played fine. But then when Aqib Talib went down and Marcus Peters became the number one cornerback, that's when he started to get burned. The one play that I think of the most with Marcus Peters last year was when the Rams were down in New Orleans in the regular season game was on the line and he got burned deep by Michael Thomas right and like you said Christian having to adapt to Wade Phillips defense Marcus Peters is not a shutdown cornerback he Mm. never was with the Kansas City Chiefs and I think that because he was in a smaller market in Kansas City and when he was on the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes was not the starter so there was not as much limelight in Kansas City everyone knew Marcus Peters oh well he had all these interceptions he's a good player because he's made the Pro Bowl and mm-hmm. he makes all these plays. And so people expected when he's on the Rams, oh yeah, he's going to shut down the opposing receiver. That's not the case. Essentially with him, it's kind of like a bend but don't break defense where, okay, you're going to give up chunk plays, but you allow that with him because he's going to make
2: plays every mm-hmm. so often. So back to Xavier Howard. Definitely got paid because the Dolphins have not very many players to pay on he's the a, roster. He's, he's a he's, diamond in the row for right. them, Right. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is very, very good, but in terms of their best player... It very well could be him at this point.
0: But you just brought up Minka Fitzpatrick. I think the two of them together, you lock them both down. That's a oh, pretty no good doubt. tandem for well, the
2: future. Have, Minka Fitzpatrick is just going into his second year, so they have right. a few years. If you have young talent as the ownership, you are in the driver's seat oh, yeah. in terms of resigning them. I'm not saying he isn't worth this dollar amount, but you are worth that dollar amount when you are in a market that is so severely lacking in talent. Miami has the money to don't, pay you, you pay will get paid. It's so hard to assess exactly what you're Worth is in the NFL because the NFL goes with the one up approach where yep. if you are within the top and there is a new contract, you will sign a bump from the so top if play. There's an argument to be had that
1: you could even somewhat unjustifiably make a case that you're the best mm-hmm. at your position, you will get paid the most. Right. With that.
0: inflation, too, you have to know that these contracts are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, regardless of the talent now because now you're seeing a guy that may not be quite as good as the guy that's in front of him because he signed it two or three years later. Money is just a little bit bigger now. You know, it's just kind of how that works with money nowadays. And Corbin would be our money guy in regards to that. It gets exacerbated when you are the best player on that team and that team
2: just happens to freaking suck.
1: I don't remember the exact statistics, but I think historically over the past 25 years since the NFL instituted a salary cap, the cap has gone up, I think it's by an average of $6 million per year. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that speaks to the inflation part.
0: $6 million is a lot of money to go up every single year when you consider that in a five-year window. Yo, it's yeah, t- it's a ton of money. I believe yeah.
1: The salary cap started at like 34, 35 million 25 years ago, and now it's up to one eighty, one ninety. now. Damn, that's a yeah, lot, that lot of money.
2: That's no small dollar bill. So let's move on to our next topic. <whistles> Defensive tackle Gerald McCoy was released by the Buccaneers. They decided against paying him his $13 million base salary. And Donovan Sue, obviously they had a suitable replacement for a lower dollar figure. Gerald McCoy had a down year last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down since 2015. Last year he had 6 sacks, he had 17 solo tackles and 28 total tackles. Someone who's going to get paid $13 million should not be putting up that little productivity. And when you have Vita Vea as
0: well on your defensive right. line, the dollar figures don't match up in. A new coach there Bruce Arians he's investing into the future and they made actually some really good signings this year especially investing into that defense and they're gonna let Jameis Winston do his thing this year and I think that he's gonna succeed more with Bruce Arians but on the defensive side of the ball they're trying to build an identity because that was an embarrassment for them for a while like the Bucs had one of the worst if not overall defenses one of the worst secondaries definitely to where it was a joke to play the Buccaneers and as a defense in total it was almost embarrassing to watch as an NFL fan. So now they're adding those pieces and when you invest, like you just said, in Vita Vea from Washington, who's just a human wrecking ball. This guy's fucking massive. Nice, fast. You invested in him, yes. He had some injuries coming in now to where he is finally starting to become healthy and get actually a full offseason with the team. You have a guy like that, you're not going to go spend $13 million on an aging veteran with a new coaching staff when you're supposed to add all this hype. And you know that you have a guy like Ndamukong Su chilling out there on a tiny one-year deal when he's getting zero attention at all. 20 total tackles and six sacks. Ndamukong Su can sign that paycheck really quick. You know he's going to at least be able to put that up. two and
1: four and a half last year, but he was also playing with... Aaron, Aaron Donald. Right. Dante Fowler. and
2: and you gotta think about Tampa Bay they thrived off the Tampa 2 which was those two dominant defensive tackles in the center of the defense obviously they don't run a Tampa 2 anymore but can you bring in Donnegan Sue? that is where you want your defense to go having Donnegan Sue and Vita Vea on either side of your defensive tackle slot, I, lo- I love that it, it, it mirrors <clears> the obviously you're not Warren Sapp but it just echoes back to that and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a lot of holes but this was something that in the short term I saw I think it was last night night McCoy was released and then today Sue was yeah. signed so obviously they just slid it across they were like okay we have Sue, we can get rid of this guy and save money, makes sense, but I don't know if that will fix their problems. Tampa Bay is just like no, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Honestly, if you could merge the Dolphins and the Buccaneers together, that wouldn't even be a playoff team. So I mean, they're they're close enough geographically to where they could make it happen. I just want to double back to something. I remember it did happen on April Fools' Day, but when Mike Evans said he would be playing oh, yeah. cornerback last yeah. year as well, was that actually a April Fools' joke or will he actually be playing cornerback? Cuz I never saw, I never saw any I never saw I'm anything ready- Sure,
1: it was in April Fool's Day. I year. never okay. saw any clarification. I never saw I, I'm anything I'm just assuming, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't
2: From think. the report that we saw, it seemed serious, but it did come in on April Fool's yeah. Day. So as anyone and who's ever played a joke on a, anyone, he's a six foot <laughs> six
1: foot six wide receiver. He's yeah. a great wide receiver. But he receiver. played
2: cornerback in the Pro Bowl and got an interception.
0: In the Pro Bowl though. How
2: hard are players
0: trying? I'm not saying, yeah, right, I'm now, not saying right now you, you see to... college athletes who aren't even professional athletes who played running back their entire career, and then randomly are like, I'm going to be a receiver now. And Ty not, Monk, not just do amazing, not just do amazing, but get drafted into the NFL as a completely different position. When you're that athletic and have been around the game for that long, and then now you take it to another level where you are a established NFL wide receiver with that type of athleticism, I wouldn't put it across to reverse the other role and go on the other side. Yeah, it's it's definitely an adjustment, but I would definitely
1: play Mike Evans. It's not just that though. Let's say for argument's sake that Mike Evans is an extremely good cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's an incredible wide receiver too. And do you really want your best player playing on both sides of the football where he is going to get exhausted and anytime that players get physically drained, they are much more susceptible to injuries and bad injuries too. Do you really want your star player who's still yes. pretty young. You yes. want him playing both sides of the football if he can?
2: Nowhere in that report said he had to start on both sides of the ball. When I watched him in the Pro Bowl, he looked good at cornerback. Third and 10 and above, yeah, I would put Mike Evans in for one play. Just as if it's second and five on the goal line, Mike Evans is not in the game. I have my power running formation in. If you are smart enough, you can scheme him out of plays on offense and put him on defense. If you can find a way... To transcend having a star on offense and on defense, why not try it? Yeah, if they start him on both sides of the ball every single down, he will get hurt. But to limit him from playing sparingly on the other side of the ball, USC did it when they had Marquise Lee. He played on the other side of the ball for defensive back for the Trojans. Dory Jackson on Dory the Jackson, flip side. Yeah. Receiver. punts and kicks. Exactly, but it does happen. It does happen in professional sports and semi-professional sports. And people are sports. so
0: athletic nowadays, too. Everyone's why a playmaker. Not? You have DNs and linebackers running four threes. 3s It's crazy to see this now. We're going to move on to... Chris Long retiring, a guy that is a better person than player. We tweeted that. Chris, I know you're all over that.
1: And he was a good player, too. Yeah, Yeah. Walter
0: Payton, NFL Man of the Year for 2018 for donating his entire salary to charity. Amazing man. And like you said, he was the 2008 second pick overall by the St. Louis Rams then. NFL career, 332 tackles, 70 sacks. 15 forced fumbles, six fumble recoveries, won back-to-back Super Bowls with the Patriots and with the Eagles in the later part of his career. What a career. You win two Super Bowls back-to-back. You leave a team who won a Super Bowl to another team to go win another Super Bowl. And beat your former team. Call it luck, but I'm just saying that is the best scenario possible. You go sign somewhere else and have that same feeling in another jersey. And then donates his entire salary in 2018. I love it. Hats off to him. Comes from an amazing football family too. Son of Howie Long. Brother Kyle Long as well. Incredible football family. And the dude's awesome. And I'm sure he slays too. You can see him. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah he definitely is an interesting guy I think he speaks very well I've heard him speak at some of the Walter Payton stuff that he did not only was he very involved in the community but Philadelphia as a team is known for always being out in the community and always giving back it's sad to see him go but his productivity had dipped even before he was on the Patriots he was definitely a serviceable starter and backup player for those teams I'm just so happy to see what the rest of his career has in store for him because it seems like yeah football is over for him but he won't not slow down in retirement and what he has planned through his nonprofit organizations and his other business ventures. So, the Long family is, like you said, Perry, they're one of the football families. His dad is an amazing commentator on TV. I love hearing him speak, and his brother is a pretty good
0: offensive guard for the Bears. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chris Long. In the booth at some point.
2: I really wouldn't either. And I think he might appeal more to the barstool.
0: Yeah, no one could be worse than Jason Witten, man. I'm I'm happy he came back to the Cowboys. Not even because I want to see him play. Because I'm not even a huge fan of the signing productivity-wise. I'm just (laughs) happy that... Whatever it took to get him out of that Monday night football booth, if that means coming back to the football field and just being that dude in the locker room that hypes up the young guys, love it. If you want to do whatever you want to do for the rest of your career, as long as it's not in that booth, because that's brutal. We know
1: they didn't convince him with money because they're spending all their money on Dak Prescott and
2: Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> Zeke. I don't want to talk on anything. I don't have the official report. In we front we of, should but.
0: mention that as well. I did see him being detained at a music festival.
2: Yeah, I yeah. saw the video. He looked out of it. I don't know on alcohol or what else, but he right. knocked a gentleman over and was like incoherent, knocking over fences Damn. and stuff. So it, it was it was bad. It looked Damn. like he was getting arrested Damn. at the end of it. I mean, it's right. by the festival cops, so obviously right, not right, like right. a real cop.
0: Regardless, this is not good news for no. one of the top players in the NFL. You You know, one of the top running backs. We did a poll... Asking you guys who you guys thought was the best running back in the NFL, between it was him, Saquon, Saquon, Todd Gurley, or I said other Saquon Barkley won. Saquon Barkley won. I would agree because of Mm. how early he is in his career, too. From a pure football. No, and just the fact that that I'm looking at it from where Saquon is right now and where Zeke is right now in their careers. And at this point in Saquon's career, compared to at this point in Zeke's career, you're already taking Saquon right now, which is incredible. But it's still definitely a conversation because Zeke was pretty close with the poll as well. A guy that, besides that six games, that he got for that false accusation. But I mean, last offseason, he
2: also broke a dude's jaw, punched him in the face. we said it for years, they need to get their stuff together. David Irvin retiring, Greg Hardy, like... Not a surprise
0: to anybody, because at this point, like you just said, who's being being held accountable? Right now, there's so many different players going through so many different things, and this dates back to Pac-Man Jones and all these... Thugheads that came through back before the Cowboys decided to change the culture, quote-unquote, and get better guys in there, hence what they did in the draft, getting that O-line and all these, quote-unquote, high-character guys. You're still signing all these guys that are ending up rather suspended again, Mm -hmm. retiring, doing stupid shit. So, I mean, hopefully bringing a guy like Jason Witten back is supposed to help get that culture back. But how much can one man do? It's a whole culture change with the organization. And you have your star player, a workhorse, NFL superstar, all pro running back. You are on the top of the top. And you are going to get detained at a fucking music festival? Like, what are you doing? That's almost as stupid as when we talked about the NBA, Josh, uh, Josh Jackson getting arrested for trying to sneak into a VIP section Mm -hmm. at Rolling Loud in Miami multiple times and then running away from cops. Bro, you're making millions of dollars. How do you not buy the VIP section as a whole, let alone a ticket to the VIP section? Why are you sneaking in like an idiot? Did you blow your signing bonus already? Like, what are you doing, guys? I probably did. Come on. You need to at least salvage your reputation and continue with your career because you got fans and you got teams relying on you, and my fantasy team most likely, so you need to yeah. step it up with that <laughs> said, I will <laughs> still be drafting Zeke yeah, that's what I'm saying, year, if I'm anywhere in the top 5, I will sell my there. soul to the devil in
2: give terms of me. fantasy football to <laughs> beat <laughs> it to <eat> these <laughs> cocksuckers give it to me, alright, let's move on to the
1: New York Jets <whistles> They fired GM Mike McCagnon and VP of player personnel Brian Heimerdinger.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's such a great name.
1: McCagnon had two years left on his contract. Adam Gase, who was just recently hired as the head coach, Mm -hmm. is stepping in for now as the interim general manager. There were reports before this happened that there was a rift between Gase and Mike McCagnon. Gase basically lambasted the media, said just that you have no idea what you're talking about. There's nothing going on between us. We're fine. Then Mike McCagnon gets fired, and Adam Gase still says there was no rift between the two of them. Clearly there was, Mm -hmm. and Adam Gase won. He was just hired on as the head coach. If you have Mike McKagan as the general manager, though, something didn't add up. Either Mike McKagan didn't want Adam Gase as the head coach, or... The Jets' ownership group knew, okay, we're going to be getting rid of Mike Mcagnon soon. But then make up your mind one way or another. Mike Mcagnon, if you're going to get rid of him, get rid of him before you hire a head coach. And then before you hire a head coach, get a new general manager so that you know the general manager has his guy. It's one of the things that really frustrated me about the Lakers' whole coaching process. But if Mike Mcagnon is going to stay on as general manager... Then let him hire the guy that he wants. Cause clearly there was philosophical differences between McAnon and Adam Gase. They couldn't reconcile them. Adam Gase won. How and do you
0: let McCannan run an entire offseason and give all, all that all money, of
1: this money? On Le'Veon Bell. That too. Le'Veon Bell, there was a report that came out that Adam Gase didn't even want the Jets to sign Le'Veon Bell for yeah, as much Yeah, quote-unquote,
0: Adam Gase didn't want to spend a lot of money on any running back and quote-unquote absolutely did not want to sign Le'Veon Bell. Great news from your new interim yeah. GM to the new it's star just, that's came right. to town. Like... Call it dysfunction. You let Who's- a guy not just blow all this money, sit there and draft kids into the NFL yeah. onto your roster when you're not even a part of it. How did you not have anybody else in charge of this who
1: would at least still be with the organization? Who's a bigger mess right now? The Jets or the Lakers? The, the Jets.
2: Lakers, Lakers. The Jets. It's, <laughs> it's the, the Jets. The Lakers are the more it's- storied franchise. They Jets have been bad for a while too but I can't remember if the Mark Sanchez going to the divisional championship was before the Lakers sucking again I can't remember it what, was, it was, what happens first it was but, when the
1: Lakers were winning the championship it was 2010 okay so, so the Lakers
2: should be good by now but they're not it's gonna be the Lakers and to double back to the Jets situation I think they spent what was 192
0: million dollars total between all of was, the contracts I think it was 3 jillion dollars and, that's, I think, I think and that they the exact, were gonna I, I sign Anthony four. Barr no I think it was 3 jillion dollars See, that yeah, they the had exactly offered yeah. Anthony Barr a yeah.
2: giant contract too so that was another one and he got cold feet do you think he may have I even sensed something was yeah. wrong like in this he probably had a meeting and was like "Okay." Adam Gates just looked at him with his weird eyes Adam, and they Adam, just started going Adam's all like, crazy he's he's like, like, he's they like, offered me more money than I thought never I was mind. gonna get
0: something he went to UCLA so you know he has some sort of like knowledge and now they're targeting Peyton Manning To possibly come in and be the GM who has no front office experience. So you can talk whatever you want about Peyton Manning coming in. Good football mind. I'm Mm -hmm. sure. Beautiful IQ. Uh, You know how he is. He's got no front office experience. How is he the answer to a team that is looking for someone that knows how to run an organization? Not how to run an offense. Mm -hmm. How to read a defense. How to read a secondary. Reports came out. They did not know where those reports came from. They're actually not looking
2: at... Peyton Manning for their GM position. I would hope so. Which is good, but within the first day of all this reports coming out, Adam Gase's first decision as Tyrant GM of the Jets organization was he traded Darren Lee, who was a first round pick two years prior. He really hasn't shown up in terms of the stat column. He was like a tweener linebacker, was really thin. He really couldn't rush the quarterback for being that thin, but okay, you thought he was going to get a a lot of tackles and just fly around the field. Well, he really didn't do that and hadn't panned out, but he's only been in the league two years and he really never gained the weight that people thought he was going to put on. He traded him within 24 hours of taking over
0: for a six-round pick. That is something that was brewing, and that's a shout-out to one of our contributors, Michael Palace, who wrote an article on Darren Lee as his debut article. Yeah, he's and an interesting person, yeah, Darren it, Lee, as a, as a human being. But he was even mentioning in the article that he had a suspension at the end of last season, right, when things were starting to look okay for him. Not like anything was really clicking-clicking, but... He was starting to play slightly better, and then he ran into a suspension, and then every other thing that was going well for him kind of just started spiraling downward. Then everyone was questioning if he even had a spot on this team. Obviously, McCagney couldn't make a decision to trade him because they were trying to, prior to the draft, to try and get some sort of compensation, use that pick this year instead of next year couldn't get it done, you bring in Adam Gase to be the interim GM and it takes him two hours? I don't even know how long it took him to trade him for the Chiefs. And to be honest, this isn't even a bad trade. Like you said, a guy that really hasn't played too well... But I'm not ecstatic about a six round pick. You're splitting hairs.
2: I was just about to jump in, but I mean six to a fifth, fourth round pick, that's splitting hairs. Right. He's been in the
1: league for three years uh, though. Three so years. does that make a difference for you in terms of who still hasn't panned out after three versus two?
2: Just because when I looked at him and I saw that he never gained the weight. Yeah, I would, because I think it really is a physical thing because they line him up at middle linebacker and yeah. he just look at a picture of him. He doesn't look like an NFL middle linebacker. His arms are thin. I really thought kind of like Roquan Smith, he was a little thinner, but he's super fast and made a, a lot of tackles, but it just never panned out for the Chiefs. On the other hand, yeah, that's a home run hit. That's a great They're acquiring for a six-round pick to add to that defense
0: you know, when they've added so many pieces. The Chiefs' mm-hmm. defense
2: is really nice. Their offense is going to be mediocre next year, and their defense is going to be elite. Watch. Here's the thing. Mahomes is going to
0: put up the numbers that he's going to put up. It's not going to be the numbers I don't like f- last not, year, but no. he's going to put up serviceable numbers. He's going to be a top five quarterback in this league, no matter what. I mm-hmm. think he's going to put that up no matter who's lining up to his left and his right. But the thing is, I agree with you, Christian, that this offense isn't going to be as good as last year, and it's going to be weird to see a defense holding it down a lot of weeks for the Chiefs with a new defensive coordinator and all the additions that they've made. Wow. I'm impressed with the Chiefs' Tyron defense. Nice. They got Frank Clark. Like You added all these people, and yeah, you don't care if they have domestic violence charges or not. Clearly, the Chiefs are making that rap oh, for they themselves. Don't really care. They don't care. But if you're looking at it from a pure football standpoint, they've made some serious moves for their defense thought it was interesting that in the
2: first day he was able to do a fire sale on a player that I know they were trying to move. But in my heart of all hearts, I would have liked to have kept him and tried to see him through at least to next year because he's a first round pick. So you could have picked up the fifth year option at the end of next year and really given him this next year to figure it out. But Adam Gase is the man with the hand on the wheel. Man with the plan. He is the starry scare off into the road, and if he'll lead him to a championship, probably not. This dysfunction is really bad. They just signed some guys for a lot of money, a lot of guaranteed money for a while. So Adam Gase will be out in two years, and they'll be finding a way to move some of these contracts.
0: Yeah,
1: Adam Gase, it's amazing how he keeps getting these opportunities. He's not an awful coach, but he hasn't done anything really to give him the leeway that he has up until this point. He was the head coach for the Miami Dolphins for three years, and he was supposed to change their offense, and he didn't really. He's a quote-unquote quarterback quarterback whisperer. Yeah, exactly. Look, when he was with the Broncos, he had Peyton Manning as his quarterback, so right. of course he's going to look yeah. good until Peyton, Peyton Manning whispered back to him. <laughs> exactly, but like when he was the Chicago Bears' offensive coordinator in 2015, didn't do anything. He's he no was Matt the... Nagy. Look, with the Dolphins, he didn't do anything for Ryan Tannehill. He's the Jets' head coach now. Hopefully, he does something for Sam Darnold. But at this point in his career, with how Adam Gase has shown, he doesn't really. Elevate quarterbacks at all. If Sam Darnold does improve, which look he's going into his second year, he definitely should improve. How much of that really the credit goes to Adam Gase versus just the natural progression? Just the Sam right Darnold? guy in the right place. He's going to look like he's exactly. progressing a quarterback then, when he's progressing on his own. If you're Le'Veon Bell, though, with all of the stuff that's gone on, how do you feel? Rich and paid. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm Le'Veon Bell,
0: I feel that's like that's a I, good point. If I'm Le'Veon Bell, I don't trust anybody from it's my time in Pittsburgh. How 60. that ended.
1: Sixty million reasons to be happy, huh? Yeah.
0: I don't I don't care. I'm paid. What did I ask for? That's why did he wanted why that. did I sit yeah. out an entire NFL season to get the money that I wanted? He got money. He's now the star of a team that doesn't have a lot of good running back depth there. So he's going to get his snaps. He's had a whole year to just chill. So he's definitely going to play regardless of who's there calling the shots. You think Adam Gase is going to get rid of Le'Veon Bell right now? I don't think so. Absolutely not. He may have not wanted him in the offseason. Oh, sorry, man. You're left with one of the top five running backs in the league when he's healthy and actually has his head straight. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like your problems could be a lot worse. So you need to realize that you're blessed with a good offensive weapon for your young quarterback, and hope that you guys can actually make something happen this year. You actually have to be thankful that you have Le'Veon Bell there. So if I'm Le'Veon, I feel like I got all the cards in my table. Yeah,
1: maybe for Adam Gase, though, it's because when he was with Miami, they didn't really have any offensive weapons. And now that he has this offensive weapon, it's, oh my god, now I actually have to show that I can utilize (laughs) him the right way, or else people are going to realize... I'm just not a good offensive mind. Because Le'Veon Bell, ideally, if I'm setting up an NFL franchise, I don't want to give a running back a ton of money. Yes, Le'Veon Bell is better than just about every other running back, but Mm -hmm. the difference in terms of productivity that you get from Le'Veon Bell versus an average or above-average running back, it's not as vast as if you put that into like a pass rusher, for instance. I think there's just a bigger impact there. But yeah, he's got to show that he can have... Some ingenuity and creativity to get Le'Veon Bell into the right positions, line him up outside as a wide receiver in the slot, have him move around in the backfield. You have to get him the ball
2: as much as possible, and we'll
0: see if he can do that.
2: Watch him blame it on that shitty offensive line. Yeah,
0: we're going to really? see how it all pans out in New York. Shh. We have some suspension news. Arizona Cardinals cornerback and star Patrick Peterson is being suspended for the first eight games of the 2019 season for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. Big hit yeah. to a defense that needs Patrick Peterson, a team that—they're going to be out there a lot. This offense is going to be air raid. They're going to be passing. They're going to be passing. This is intercepted. Kyler Murray is going to be throwing the ball all over the place sometimes. <laughs> I think this you think is going to be.
1: Throw a lot of interceptions. I don't know yes. about
0: that. I think yes. it's. I think he's going to definitely have his fair share of rookie mistakes with an offense like this. That's going to give him as much leeway as Cliff Kingsbury is going to give him. He's going to make his mistakes. He's going to definitely be a gunslinger, but he's also going to make his plays to where you're like, okay, that's why we're all here watching Kyler Murray play for Cliff Kingsbury. But when you have the defense coming on and you're putting up 50 points a game, and you know you got a defense like that, you know they're going to be giving up 50 points a game. So you got to hope. That at some point you just edge out teams at the end of those games and you don't have your playmaker there in your secondary. You already lost Tyron Matthew, it was a year or two ago, and Tony Jefferson, he's gone to the Ravens, he's playing very well there. So a lot of these big hitters, a lot of these really good pieces to Bruce Arian's defense are gone. So the defense doesn't look too swell, in my opinion, besides the D-line, which isn't too bad. But that secondary in particular now is extremely thin. This is a huge hit. Christian, over-under 20 interceptions for Kyler Over? Murray. Over? They're going to be throwing the ball a lot.
2: Half of those interceptions are going to come off the deflected passes from the shitty receivers alone. But yes, I think there will be a lot of interceptions in Arizona next year.
0: I think he's gonna have a ton a of rushing. He's gonna have a ton of rushing touchdowns. Over 25? So
2: to I'm just seeing how high you think it's gonna be it. I didn't sit down before this podcast right. and obviously think about the number, but yeah. I could definitely see 25. I could see 30. Wow. I could see 30 turnovers. I
0: can see him more along the lines of like 20 passing touchdowns, 20 interceptions, kind of evening that out and then having three, four, five rushing touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like I can see him actually having more touchdowns than interceptions in total, but I can see the passing touchdowns in comparison to interceptions being neck and neck pretty much the same. Like I said, making big plays, but also making big mistakes when you have that much leniency. To double back to Patrick Peterson, I think he's a candidate
2: to actually get cut by the Cardinals. It doesn't look good for them in general. He was kind of declining in terms of productivity, and it's sad to see him Use PEDs because I'm just going to surmise. I'm not going to... Just see what I see, but to me this seems like he was trying to use PEDs to still be competitive in the NFL. Maybe it's a story where he took something by accident and shouldn't have taken it. But when I signal his age and his decline to the PED use, it, it kind of seems like he was trying something to bring back that spark that he once had. But I really think that they cut him and I think the Chiefs signed him right away. If not the Chiefs, he's on a different team by the end of this year.
0: Oh, I could see that for sure. I don't think Patrick Peterson's done unless the NFL no, but I think hes serves done out in some the Cardinals. sort of suspension. Beyond this, I don't see an eight-game suspension being the end of his career. No, But I can definitely see maybe the team using this as a chance to move on from one of the last stars still there in Arizona from the old regime and finding this as a way to move on. But when you're trying to be competitive with a new coach and that offense that has a lot of quote unquote star power, even though it's a little too early to see a lot of it, if David Dawson could play well the way that he did two years ago and Cliff Kingsbury comes in and does what people are expecting, this offense could be scary. I but if this I de- don't
2: think there's a chance the Cardinals win more than three games. But I'm year. just saying I if, if the defense
0: that. is this bad, like you can't really see as much as we'd hope from the Arizona Cardinals next year, because we're gonna just see a lot of lopsided football from them. So I think. Now, this is a big hit to Patrick Peterson's career, to the Cardinals, and we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with him. Like you said, he's been declining as of late.
1: Look, the Cardinals, I think they're going to be fun to watch next year, whether they're winning games or not. Three games...
0: No, I'm I'm giving I'm giving them like five or six games.
1: Say maybe they're, four. They are not the new Browns. I could, I, no, no, I could see no, they're like not the new f- new I could
0: see them like five wins. That seems but, like a realistic number for
1: me. Like you said, so Christian, you're saying at most three wins. I think maybe four, but okay, I say we're, we're splitting hairs here. They're not making the playoffs. They're going to be a bad team. Patrick Peterson. He's only 28 years old. He's going to be 29 on July 11th, my birthday. So I like him more already. <laughs> birthday but twins. Patrick Peterson having this eight game suspension. Cardinals were not going to make the playoffs anyways. Does this not maybe give them an opportunity look not having him for eight games that's going to make our record worse maybe it's an extra loss that we wouldn't have had otherwise and then it still gives them half the season to see can patrick peterson still compete at a high level and if he can look 29 years old it's not young for a cornerback but it's not old either i mean tyron Matthews 27
2: and okay so he's 29 yes he's missing half of this year yes. so he'll be 30 by the time he plays in another full season yes. if i'm a young coach with a young team 30 is old 30 is ancient. It is, but if you can still produce... Cardinals, ideally, a year from now,
1: are thinking about playoffs at the very least. And if you can have a 30-year-old cornerback who can help you get there, why would you not?
2: If the Cardinals think that they're going to the playoffs... In 2020, please tell me who their drug dealer is because he has some very (laughs) potent stuff. This is a three-year project at the very least. Even if they think they're going to the playoffs next season, Patrick Peterson, I hope he plays what he is worth next year because I highly doubt that number is going to add up. You can believe whatever you want. I think his last snaps in Arizona have been snapped. He's played his last plays. He will be on the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Rams, the New Orleans
0: Saints by the end of the season. A competitor. He will be he on says. a competitor in New England. Fudge it. <laughs> Former number three overall pick, Dion Jordan, loses an appeal for his suspension for violating the PED policy I'm by taking him. Adderall. Still in the league? I'm not even sure. One mm-hmm. you can look it it's up It's been one. PEDs or marijuana since he's been in the league. Right. Yeah, he's always around, I feel like this kind of news. Deion Jordan seems to always find trouble. But I'm gonna ask you guys really quick, Adderall. What do you think about this with the NFL? Because I know he had an appeal. How do you feel about something that helps you focus more and not necessarily as juicing you up the same but would you consider the ability to focus a little more sharp as a competitive edge, mm-hmm. so two things. One, yeah, it is a PED,
2: but two, it's unsafe for you to take Adderall and then play a with that heart, sport. with the heart rate too, the heart rate. But there's, I'm not a doctor. I'd have to imagine the effect it has on your blood, and you taking hits to the yeah, head right, cannot right, right. be a good mixture. Right. Two, it is a performance enhancer. If anyone has taken Adderall, your ability to focus oh, is it is enhanced, and thus gives you an unfair.
0: I, took, as, I remember taking it to college to you know finish an <laughs> essay. Next thing I know, my bed is in the southwest corner of my room and everything else is rearranged. I'm inviting (laughs) everyone else to come see it. It To your point, Pat McAfee, the first day he
2: retired, he tweeted, Now that I don't have to get drug tested, I'm taking Adderall. And then he tweeted later oh yeah I understand why this is banned and like tweeted <laughs> it in all capital letters and it is a performance enhancer if he's allowed to take Adderall then every single person yeah. should be allowed to take it now if he's one of the people who falls under the umbrella of where I think it's ADHD I need. Mean, yeah. if you have ADHD and you take Adderall it actually mellows you out it doesn't make you hyper you get hyper off Adderall when you don't have ADHD because it doesn't mellow you out you're taking a drug for a sickness you don't have so right. that should be APD. should always B E P D, and it's also just unsafe. Yeah. I, I was told right. when I took a five-hour energy before a football game that that itself, like the stress on your heart and how it affects your blood is not good for when you're taking hits to the head. Now, I can't basketball or other sports, but seriously, if anyone's listening to this and you, you take stuff like that and you play collision sports it's not like when you go and work out it's not not a pump like yeah. you're taking hits and you're losing blood your blood is bruising like you could die right you're trying to get an edge you are getting an edge from the adderall but this is a game like deon jordan is just stupid beyond the fact he takes adderall like he has not had more seasons where he's been able to play than he has not been able to play and i'm tired of reading his name on stuff the reason why i'm so hurt if you can hear this is i really was a deon jordan fan like when he came out of college i really thought he was going to be how the prototypical pass rusher was going to be so him, and like, seven he was, end, right? him and like him and bark various mingo i was like oh my god these guys are going to be ballers and now bark various mingo is like on the patriots i think he's like a backup i don't even know where he is he he's on the browns, the browns. I, I don't know where he is but he, both those guys need to get their act together the whole draft class that be
1: jordan though Barcavius Mingo was a first-round pick, I believe, but he was was like a mid-round pick. Deion Jordan was the third pick in the draft, and Deion Jordan, he played for the Dolphins in 2013-2014, two years out of the league for suspensions and Mm -hmm. other things, then last two years with the Seattle Seahawks. Since he was drafted, he has eight and a half sacks. Since 2013. Mm-hmm. Number three overall pick. And look, it's disappointing anytime a top pick doesn't live up to their billing. But it infuriates me to see someone that talented have it wasted. Not because they just couldn't get their talent to work out, couldn't figure it out. It's because they literally were just screwing themselves over every chance they get. Perry, you asked us a few minutes ago if we thought that Adderall should be banned in the NFL or not. I honestly didn't know all that stuff about Adderall, but that's because I never personally took it myself. I've had friends who have. I've spoken to them, and I know how it can affect you. If I think that the NFL should allow Adderall to be taken or not, it doesn't matter. They don't allow it to. You get paid millions of dollars to play in the NFL and whatever they say not to take, don't take it. They are literally saying, as long as you can listen to us and not take these things, you are going to make millions of dollars. Right. I will take that every single chance i get screw
0: all. yeah that's money right there why would you even right. need that if you're a professional athlete you are already good enough to get to the league i feel like right. at that point you're just like you said splitting hairs
1: like if you want to have something where you can focus really hard focus like i know i know it's one thing to just say that but like if you truly like, just think about NFL, it's mind over matter just think just pretty much mind over matter like If football is really your passion and when you are drafted into the NFL it absolutely should be your passion Mm -hmm. then that should allow you to focus where my goal is to be the very best that I possibly can be So I am going to put everything I can into making sure that I'm as good as I possibly can. And Adderall, again, I haven't personally experienced it. I've spoken to people who have taken it, who have said, like, I've asked, oh, well, why wouldn't you take Adderall while you're playing in basketball? This was a former college athlete I was talking to. And he said it allows you to focus a lot, but at the same time, like, you feel kind of sluggish, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, it's not a good combination no, when you're playing it's not. sports
2: and to get some context to a failed Adderall drug test Things like marijuana that stay in your fat, you could have smoked it three weeks ago and then failed for that test. To fail for something like Adderall or cocaine, you had course. to have either like just done it or done it like the day previous. It only stays in your system for hours Your marijuana is weak. So you can say for performance enhancing, but that means he was just popping it like yeah. for shits and, and giggles. Like it wasn't like he was going into a game and got tested, which I could understand the ethos behind that more than just you were taking it in the off season. Yeah. He's an idiot. I'm done talking about it. And
1: Deion Jordan, because I know for most NFL players that haven't had drug problems in the past, they know when they're going to be tested. So you, if you absolutely don't. Test, take, you're going to get tested. Deion Jordan, because he's in the NFL's drug program, I think he's subject to unannounced drug test he's on like level but, eight of yeah. the drug program but at, like at the same come time into just yeah just don't take the adderall it's look Deion jordan i don't know what his exact contract was with the seahawks last year it might have been the veteran minimum that's still hundreds of thousands of dollars so they're right. literally
2: it's more than the average american yeah
1: don't take adderall and you're gonna make hundreds of thousands of dollars and Deion right. jordan goes no i can't nah, do that nah, randy gregory was like you. hold my <laughs> blunt <blood." laughs> <laughs> <laughs> and then david irving held it
0: <laughs> on that note that's all we have for you guys today for episode 33 of nfl unwrap wanted to announce of course the exciting new platforms that we're on you could find us on anchor as well as like we were on before the apple podcast app we're on spotify now and a ton more platforms to come throughout the next week that we're going to announce for you guys So much fun on today's episode with you guys. loved it. It was a great episode. I want to remind all of you guys, if you want to catch our content on a day-to-day basis, to go follow us on Twitter at NFL Unwrapped. Follow our network account on Twitter at Unwrapped Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Corbin on Twitter at Corbin Unwrapped. Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. And you can check out all of our content, all of our partner podcasts, the Articles, everything that we got going on at our website at unwrapsports.com. Make sure to sign up for that newsletter on the home page. Just a little orange box takes two seconds to get the best weekly content sent to you. They can do our sponsor for our network at Yamble Sports. Go download their app, Apple or Android. Start making some money while the playoffs are still around. I'm at 20. Yes, yeah, no, if you're going to be watching the game, might as well just put some free takes on there absolutely free. Make some money, they're paying you out every half right. for these NBA contests. This
2: last game they upped it from twenty to twenty-five, and they've also added a second place for fifteen and a third place for five dollars off of the recommendation from one of you guys. You guys I was in the Twitter chain when someone suggested it and Yamble said, screw it, let's do it. And now they've added the second and third place because of interaction from the fans. So let's keep tweeting, maybe let's get them to fifty dollars, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to
0: get my girlfriend something. Nice, you know, so. <laughs> but yeah, guys, download Yamble. Make sure to check out our our website and stay tuned for all the amazing things happening at unwrapped sports network for now we'll catch you guys next time